All right, Zach, you've got uh, the notes I shared with you, right? Yeah, they're up. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, Jordo, don't jinx us. No, no, we've never had that happen to us yet. We have always managed to successfully record. Look at that. He wrote yet. Stop it. <laughs> Question. Totally trying Does to jinx particle us. board count as wood? Does particle board count as wood? Yes, with a bunch of yeah. chemicals in it. Okay. I just had to know if it would work to knock on or not. Oh. <laughs> it's wood <laughs> chips that have all been pressed together with some sealant. So, yes, it's still wood. Very thick, dense wood. All right. Why don't you do the thing and we'll get this going. Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy for the Ages, the show where a father and son sit down and talk about a fantasy book. I'm Zach, the son of that equation. And I'm Jim, the father. Great to have you with us. So we can only talk about one book. Is that what you just said? I mean, today that's what we're doing. Oh, that's true. Heck, we're not even talking about a whole book. We're just talking about a part of a book. Two chapters of an awesome book. Yes. But before we get to that, how are you doing, Dad? I am doing fantastic. It's been, oh man, a great week for Wheel of Time fans. There's been lots of mm-hmm. good teaser content and images and such coming out because we are getting, you know, just a month away from Amazon's The Wheel of Time series. So close. So more and more stuff coming out. Really enjoying that. Uh, enjoying interacting with all the fan base about that. Mm-hmm. And I've had, you know, the chance to get involved in some levels. Like yesterday, I was part of the a panel with the Black Tower podcast, mm-hmm. part of their The Gathering Madness celebration, spent an hour just talking about all these teasers. Great fun time. We could have talked for two hours, easily. It was There's so much to talk about. In fact, you know, when you add up all the content that's been put together so far about the Wheel of Time mm-hmm. and just played it all consecutively, maybe we're lucky if there's nine minutes of content. <laughs> but we talked for an hour could have talked for double and there are hours and hours and hours of content people have created based on just those nine minutes see i thought you were talking about the content that people have created and i'm like yeah we've created more content throughout the community than we will ever get of show um that's yeah that's true quite so you know that's been fun uh i also did a quick travel over to uh idaho this past week Ooh, fancy where again yeah, and you know, going to Idaho, most of Idaho, there is no pandemic happening. I mean, there is, but you wouldn't know it because nobody acts like it is. So it's kind of a refreshing change of pace than living in the Portland metro area these days. Mm. I kind of liked that. But anyways, I'm back. I'm ready for some fun content with you today. How are you doing, Zach? I'm doing well. It's first day in a little while that I haven't had to work, and it's the last day for a little while that I won't have to work. So I'm enjoying it as I can. Taking it easy and definitely not eating anything healthy for myself. But that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you're young, you're single, you're on your own, you're eating wrong. I mean, I'm I'm not exactly single. I'm I'm just not married. My taxes are single. That's about it. That's right. You still file single. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel's probably going to appreciate that you you stepped up to correct. You're not really single. Oh, yeah. She'd be coming for you. (laughs) Uh, Want to tell us what you're drinking today? I know you almost choked on it when we were going to start the episode. Just because I have drinking problems does not mean I have a drinking problem. I have issues consuming fluids. That's about it. But... 
I could do things with that statement. There's, I'm not. There's gonna, a reason but... I tried to work it in a way so that you have to try to do something with that statement, not just it does itself. <laughs> but no, I had some pre-made margarita mix lying around. So whether it's more sugar or alcohol, I'm not sure. But it's tasty enough and we'll handle for the episode. Okay, good enough. Did you make a cocktail today? I did, and I haven't had time to post it yet on our Discord or on Instagram, but I'll put it up after the episode. It's called Hair of the Hopper. It's got a little oomph to it. So it's kind of like a hair of the dog thing, but not quite. You could. You could say that, but not quite. No, it was just a fun name I came up with. Dreamier. Yeah. Three ounces of Southern Comfort, an ounce of vodka, and an ounce and a half of pineapple juice. Shaken over ice, strained, and enjoyed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Emmeline. No, I'm not hungover. It wasn't truly hair of the dog. <laughs> uh, no, I am good. I am good. And this is good. I enjoyed the drink. Although, Judy, your mother, came not in. A fan. She took a sip of it. She went, mm, nope, not, not my kind. So nope. did you make her something else? No, she's on her own. <gasps> she knows where the liquor cabinet is. That's she true. Manage. You keep it well stocked. I try. Any updates or news for today? Um, a few. Okay. Not a lot. Okay. One, I did want to comment officially. We have one new state. Okay. That is now listening to our podcast. Because when I look at the U.S., I can break it down by states. Lay so, it on me. And you have it on that map on the chart. I can break that up by states. different states. So you can add Alabama to the list. Alabama is now listening to Fantasy for the Ages. Sweet home, Ala. Copyright. Right. I can get, what, seven seconds? I had plenty of time. I don't recall exactly. Yeah. But I do know, you know, our downloads are still going fantastic. Uh, we're getting easily three to 400 new downloads a day these that days. That is insane. I mean, that's kind of normal me. now. I know, like, I know, and it's because a lot of people are finding the podcast and downloading everything, mm-hmm. and hopefully they listen to it all and enjoy it, <laughs> and we certainly hope to see even more of you come and join our friends here on Discord. Definitely. Or as your mother says, my Discord friends. Ah. It's just a phrase. My Discord friends. Yes. <laughs> I maybe need a t-shirt or a hat for my Discord friends. <laughs> uh, uh, the other bit of news I'll toss in here is simply that your mother has finished The Eye of the World. She loved it. It was good. She's now well into the Great Hunt. I mean, she hasn't got to the point of why there needs to be a Great Hunt yet, but she's very close. I mean, we've already been there. It's not a spoiler anymore. We know. Oh, no, not for people listening to this. But she doesn't know yet. So she's getting there. She'll get there sooner rather than later. And she's uh, happy to be reading. She commented earlier today, we're not watching as much TV lately. Seem to be reading a well, lot. I went, mm, I was actually, this is good. This is good. I was talking about this with Rach, and she and I sat down, and we just looked at each other and went, when do they have time to read this much? Because we're going, either you guys read incredibly <laughs> fast, or you spend your free time just reading. It, it's pretty much that. For me, it's either I'm working on the podcast or I'm reading a book. And now and then we squeeze in something like I watched Friday. I did watch the most recent episode of foundation i'm still staying with that Mm -hmm. you know there's a few specific things i keep up with but that's about it but uh, it's been a sad like week and a half for me where 
I've had maybe two hours that I felt good reading in that time total because I was doing other things. Uh, Jordo adds, though, there is one other thing that many of us still do. We do listen to podcasts as well. And humorously, what do we do? We listen to podcasts about reading books. Yes, we read, we read, and when we don't read, (laughs) we listen about reading. Perfect. I'm actually behind on some of my uh, podcasts that I follow because I've been finishing my Audible listen through of the Wheel of Time. You're getting close. And I'm like halfway through a memory of light now. I'm I'm right there. It's like all the other podcasts, sorry, they have to wait. I must finish this. It's <laughs> kind of how it's been. Speaking of finishing things, what are we working on today? Uh, we're going to take a look at chapters 28 and 29 of The Dragon Reborn. So let's jump into that now. Okay. Uh, chapter 28 is called A Way Out. Hmm. The action opens on our pal, Matram Cawthon, shirtless, hanging out in his room. Uh, pretty normal. Finishing up a snack after breakfast. Okay, so he's had breakfast. Now he's having a snack after breakfast. It's like second breakfast. You beat me to the joke. <laughs> I was going there, and then then you you did it. Because it really is a second <laughs> breakfast. It's not a snack. We it look really at what's is. in there. I mean, look at what he has. He's got ham, he's got three apples, he's got bread and butter. It's a nice filling extra meal. And what are we supposed to note in that, Zach? That he's still putting it away like a trash compactor. He is constantly hungry, Mm -hmm. constantly healing, and getting it back through his body. Yep. Teenagers are often like that. You know, they just inhale food, but Matt is putting any teenager to shame. He's just sucking it down like crazy. He has a ravenous hunger. His peaceful munching is interrupted by the uninvited entrance of Nynaeve, Egwene, and Elaine, all smiling brightly at him. That's never a good Matt sign. Matt fights down the impulse. Oh, I, I'm not wearing a shirt. Maybe I should go put one on. And he's like, ah, they didn't even knock. <sighs> I ain't doing nothing. And he just mm-hmm. kicks back and relaxes in the chair. You come into my room when I'm just here and you don't even give me a warning, you can deal with it. He does admit to himself, though, it's good to see the girls. You know, they're his friends. At least it's good at first, because then he notices what was mentioned. They're all smiling really brightly at him. That's a little sus. Yeah, that's an immediate tell. Red flag. What do they want? Definitely scheming, as Emmeline said. Yep. And they have quick cursory interaction and conversation, which picks up a few things for us as readers. One, Matt does look much better. Mm -hmm. tremendously better so all this food and rest is doing something Mm -hmm. Nynaeve checks him out kind of physically checking him out touching him making sure yeah you're you're good and we're reminded oh yeah she's been doing this for years because she was the wisdom of Emmons Emmons Field and we learn specifically she had been the wisdom for at least five years before they left so that's the first time we got a time frame on that We also get the simple little comment that Matt finds all three of these women quite pretty. Now, whether that just means Matt finds everyone pretty or Matt has good taste and all three of them are quite pretty, I'll leave that up to you to decide. It is a Matt POV chapter, but I believe him. I think they're pretty. That's what we're supposed to get. Now, that thought about them being pretty leads the conversation to take a turn. Matt quotes what is seemingly a saying. Would you go ahead and read this saying for us here? One pretty woman means fun at the dance. Two pretty women mean trouble in the house. Three pretty women mean run for the hills. 
Are you proud of me? I said it like you want me to say it. Oh, absolutely then. Yes. I said women. I didn't make a comment because you said it right. Yeah, I said So I made no comment. I consciously had to do that for you. Everyone out there, <laughs> let's give Zach a hand for finally doing women Because I will never Oh, the things I could do with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that as soon as I was saying it. And I'm like, mm, well, we'll let the fans enjoy that one too. <laughs> Anyways... Matt goes right from that quote, that saying, to accuse them of obviously being up to something, and he wants to know what it has to do with him. Now, again, we're in Matt's POV, Mm -hmm. so we're also seeing the workings of his brain, and as he's looking at them now, suspiciously, he notices some things. One, he notices their hands look like they've been washing dishes. But that can't be. I mean, the daughter, Erevandor, washing dishes, really? And, And Nynaeve? He knows she hasn't touched a dish in years. So, I mean, as the wisdom, she didn't do household chores. Apparently, the part where, you know, these punishments were announced to the entirety of the tower must have passed an unconscious Matt by, or just no one cares to tell Matt anything, because everyone knows this. Matt doesn't. I'm pretty sure he slept right through it. Yeah. Uh, he also notices, of course, that they're all wearing great ser- serpent rings now, and his general reaction to that is, darn. Yeah, no, that's fair. It was bound to happen, but it's just too bad. What a shame. Pretty women, now they're Aes Sedai. Yeah. yeah, Matt doesn't think much of Aes Sedai. He does not. Almost like he right. wants to get as far away as he can, finding a way out. Oh, look, this is that chapter. Yes, it is. Now, when he's, you know, they, they've come in so pleasant and smiling and just checking in on him, and, and he, you know, turns it to be suspicious... Egwene basically looks at the others. I told you so. We should have just asked him straight out. So it's clearly illuminating. They had some conversation on how best do mm-hmm. we try to approach Matt now? I get I get the impression that the conversation loosely went Nynaeve and Elaine going, he's a man. We have to treat him this way. And Egwene went, yeah, but he's Matt. Are we sure? That's right. He's not just any man. This is Matrim. And then they were like, nah, nah. Well, Nynaeve steps up. So the first attempt failed. Nynaeve's coming in with the other attempt. Hmm. She points out, you know, just because we want to ask you a favor, it doesn't mean we don't care. We we really genuinely were interested in how you're feeling. So how do you feel? Now, how does he feel? Surprisingly great. Yeah, like he's had a month of rest and food, and it's only been a few days. Although, as mentioned earlier... And as Discord kind of put in earlier, it's like he does still have a hollow leg. Mm-hmm. He can just can eat and eat and eat, and he's still hungry. Constantly hungry. There's definitely a part somewhere that's somehow still hollowed out. Yes. He's still recovering from his near-death experience due to the Shatter Logoth dagger. But he's better. Then Matt jumps on the other item Nynaeve had mentioned. Okay, so you do really care, but... Wait a second. Favor? What favor? Talk to me about this favor. He finds this especially suspicious because Nynaeve doesn't ask favors. Never. She tells people to do things, expects it to happen. If it doesn't, she hits him with a stick. So if she's asking for a favor, (laughs) something weird is going on. Yeah, this is really suspicious. So the second approach has also fallen a little short. Now Elaine steps up turns on her charm up to 11 
and asks Matt to carry a letter to her mother in Camelin. And Matt responds, Oh, that favor doesn't sound too bad. What's in it for me? What do I get out of it? And then Elaine totally blows it. She goes all daughter air. She just doesn't understand context, really. Yeah, uh, I mean, certainly you would want to serve the Lion Throne and do this for the daughter heir. I mean... As a loyal subject. Yeah. No. He just laughs. Uh, you would think after spending her time with two, two Rivers folk and getting close with them, she'd know that they don't care. <laughs> That's right. Particularly Matt. Matt does not. Mm-mm. He doesn't do anything out of, you know, just because I should. No, no, totally not. By the way, my comment when I said she turned her charm up all the way to 11 reminded me of something else funny. Do you know where that reference potentially comes from? Uh, have you ever watched uh, This is Spinal Tap? Uh, I know of it, but I haven't seen it. It's a, it's a parody rock band. And they have special amps they designed. Instead of going up to 10, theirs go up to 11. They're that much better. And and the guy who, it's as Jordan puts, it's a mockumentary. So it's done very seriously, you know, but it's, it's ridiculous. And the guy who's interviewing him basically goes, okay, but, I mean, the same range can just go 1 through 10. I mean, why didn't you just increase the range if you want it? And he's like, the guy thinks deep and goes, but ours goes up to 11. <laughs> there it is in Discord. <laughs> it's great. So look it up on YouTube. You'll laugh. It's, it's worth a chuckle, which is why I brought it up here now. There you go. Give everybody a, a reason for chuckle. But I digress. Back to Egwene, who's sitting here, queen of the ladies, because she has predicted all of this. She knew none of these things were going to work. In fact, she tells Elaine, see? And Elaine's like... But you said if I smiled, and then kind of slaps her hand over her mouth, practically. It's like, oh, they're giving it away that this was all a scheme, all a plan. Yeah. And she, Egwene, she turns to Matt. She's saying, you know, he doesn't do favors. He doesn't do anything unless he's been coaxed, wheedled, or bullied into it. Matt's like, hey, I dance with you. But yeah, I don't run errands. I'm not that guy. So apparently Matt likes to dance. Who would have thunk? Well, he does. Well, he likes pretty ladies. Mm. So all the plans, all the schemes, they fell short. Now Nynaeve takes over. And she simply says, basically, Matrim Cawthon, you're ruder than I remembered. Really? One would think you'd show some gratitude after all we did for you when you were sick. All we're asking is you to carry a letter to Camelin, one of the great cities of the world, and you wanted to travel and see things. I mean, sheesh. So what I'm hearing is they tried coaxing him, they tried wheedling him, and now they're trying to bully him. Pretty much. (laughs) Matt thinks to himself here, again, POV for Matt, that as much as he's enjoying all of this, it's time that he should let them down. And he says, you know... It's, you're really not asking anything that hard, but I can't carry the message. And Nynaeve's ready to go off again. Come on, it's no. not that big a deal. Nynaeve, what do you it's mean? He's like, not no, 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 no. a won't. It's a can't. Can't. Explain why he can't. What does he tell them then? Because according to the Omerlin, her orders, he can't even leave the island of Tarvalin. 
And when the girls ask, yeah, Matt, like what? Matt just goes, oh, you know, the Omerlin wants to be sure these fully healed, won't relapse, all that BS. That was the same reasoning told everybody else. And of course, there is a other reason, and he's not bringing that up. But what is it that we know that he knows that they don't know? Yeah, in Matt's opinion, it's better that everyone just kind of forgot that he blew the horn of Valir. I don't think these girls ever actually knew that. Exactly. They weren't present when he did it. Now, Nynaeve, she's like, whoa. So a health thing, and she grabs his head and actually checks. She delves in with the power. Nynaeve asks for consent first. And she's like, um, there's nothing wrong with you. You're perfectly fit. I mean, you're not as strong as you're acting like. You're still recovering, but you're fine. So, okay. You're fine, but you can't go off the island. So then she asks, okay, what if we could get you off the island? Would you be willing to deliver the letter for Elaine? And Matt's like, heck yeah. Yeah, that's the sort of thing of, listen, if you can get me off the island, that's the payment I need. Get me off the island. Sure. Why not? That's what's in it for me. That's right. So the three women, they step aside for a minute. You know, pst, huddle. And then they come back. And Egwene hands Matt one of the documents from the Amerlin that reads... Go ahead and read that, Zach. Remind us what that says. What the bearer does is done at my order and by my authority. Obey and keep silent at my command. With all the fancy signatures and seals of Swan Sanche, Watcher of the Seals, Flame of Tarvalon, the Amerlin seat. It's carte blanche. Matt's shocked. Flummoxed. He's like... Whoa! And then, of course, he's like, uh, is this real? <laughs> You're not trying to pull a fast one on me. And no, no, they assure him it's authentic. No, no, Matt. Yeah, it's real. Neither of, none of them ever trained with anybody who, who happens to be a really good forger. No, nah, no. Nah. They could not have done this. <laughs> well, assured of its authenticity, then, Matt's like, well, Elaine, that letter is as good as in Morghese's hands. Now, I'm always humored at Matt's consistent sense of irreverence. Jordo mm-hmm. in Discord said Matt doesn't exactly respect authority figures. And yeah, if someone is in a position of authority, Matt is going to diss them. And it shows right here. It's not the queen. It's not Queen Morghese. It's Morghese. To an extent, though, it reminds me of something that I've kind of ha- had to adjust to living here in Texas now. Because growing up, uh, I often saw people are people, that sort of thing. And so once I got to like be an adult, people are just their names. Sure, they have titles and things in here and there. But for the most part, if you're actually talking to them, they're just their names. That's not true when I come down to the American South. It's like now titles matter and you call people sir and ma'am and these things are... It's just a small ingrained thing. And so Matt coming from middle of nowhere country territory, like it doesn't seem crazy. It's less a direct intentional irreverence in my mind and more of a, he's just sticking to what he does as opposed to everyone else who puts on this air of trying to copy what they see other people doing in the places. I like that you, you went with that. You described that. And for our spoiler light focus, I'll, I'll point to, you know, we're going to see some elements similar to that actually in Rand and Perrin down the road. We've already seen some of it in Rand, where he's totally not comfortable, remember, with the Shinarins, you know, 
lifting him up as this great thing now, the Dragon Reborn, mm-hmm. Lord Rand, and all that stuff. And we even saw that in the last book with Huron. He's like, cut it out! This Lord Rand, cut it out. So he has some of the same elements. They just want to be a regular person, not this elevated thing. And we're definitely going to see some of that. Yeah, we're going to see some of that in Perrin, too. But we haven't yet. It's just letting you know. At least Rand in the past we see, in contrast, trying. He emulates Lan at many times in trying to be formal and respectful to people. And that's not necessarily in his nature. It's just what he's trying to adapt to. So so Rand tries to learn. Perrin is going to do his own unique Perrin thing. Matt's never going to learn a bloody thing. Yeah, no. Matt's like, I was good how I was, and I want to stay there. <laughs> yeah. All right. So they have a deal. Matt's going to go ahead and carry this letter. No problem, because you gave me this thing. I can get off the island. And he says, um, out of just, you know, possible chance... Do you have any coin? I mean, it's kind of expensive these days to travel to Camelin. Um, It would be helpful if you had any cash you could send my way. Especially with that civil war over, over in Kyrian. I mean, all the prices of things have gone up big time. Right. About now, that, no. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, we've been a little busy. We haven't been able to make any money. Of course, this does remind us of the fact that Matt has been researching what it's going to take to get off the island. Oh, yeah. He knows about the Civil War, the jacked-up prices. He's already kind of planned this out. It's going to take some coin. And he had a plan to raise it himself, but he's like, hey, could you give me a shortcut? You got some? He's basically ready. He just needed a way out that first step. And so he's also kind of fishing and going, can you make any of the other steps easier too? Yeah. But he's like, ah, that's all right. It's not a deal breaker because he's got plan B, which was really plan A. He can still get out there and gamble with the few coins he has. Which are a little bit more now that he, you know, beat up Galad and Gawain a few chapters ago. Mm-hmm. Now he's motivated. One good time out there with some luck with the dice and bam, he's going to be off the island because he's got his get out of jail free card now. Mm-hmm. So they give him one final comment related to this. Mm-hmm. Deliver the letter to Queen Morgay's. And don't let anyone else know that you have it. Okay. So, hush, hush. It's a secret. He doesn't question it. And then they spend a little time in some more relaxed chit-chat, inconsequential stuff. Mostly Matt talking about things from back home with Egwene and Nynaeve. You know, wonder if people miss us. Wonder what Beltine's going to be like this year. You know, stuff. Elaine also talks a bit about Camelin. Kind of give him a heads up of what it'll be like when you get there. Uh, who you ought to know and talk to in the royal palace. Just stuff. General information. Matt kind of draws an impression from this. Most of this conversation he enjoys. But again, we're in his mind for this. So we also sense that he gets a feel from talking with Elaine through this. That she's a little um, uh, haughty. Is that the word Snooty? I want? Yeah, you know, he he's not so sure he'd want to hang around with her all that much. The the Queen Elaine kind of channels a little bit. There's a little bit of self-importance that is Yeah, and his final thought is, a man would have to be a fool to let himself get involved with her. Pregnant pause on purpose. Moving on. As the women finally rise to leave... Matt rises and lets them know 
that actually they've done him a big favor, providing this way out of Tarvalon. And he makes a pronouncement. I know you're all going to be Aes Sedai, and you will be a queen one day, Elaine, but if you ever need help, if there's ever anything I can do, I will come. You can count on it. And the women almost instantly start snickering. <laughs> he wants to know, uh, what's so funny? He has made this declaration. He's put himself out there for them now. And they assure him, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's just something we've noticed about men. And one would need to be a woman to understand. And as they leave, Egwene adds the final comment. And remember, if a woman does need a hero, she needs him today, not tomorrow. And then they leave, and Matt's just there, deciding for the hundredth time, women are odd. I don't get them. Now, Zach. Okay. Obviously, you and I are not women. It's pretty clear. Okay. Yeah, I I would say that one's a given. Neither of us are. Nevertheless, what are they laughing about? Can we decipher what Matt cannot? I mean, I could give us options. I'm not sure I could tell you specifically what A, they are laughing out about, or B, what you're fishing for out of me. So why don't you give me what <laughs> you're fishing, fishing for? Because you clearly I, have I something in your mind that if I say something else, you're going to be like, oh, but couldn't it be this? And it's no, like you're actually no. steering towards a thing. That is not how I do some This of is exactly questions. what this one's about. I don't know no, what it is, it is or why, but I, I feel it. <laughs> I have no legit agenda on this question. I prep these notes and I think, where can I throw something at Zach, which will generate some interesting conversation that our listeners might enjoy? Well, and it did. It generated this. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you want to so talk about you, what yeah. they actually might be laughing at in my brain i go two things one they're either laughing at matt and his nature kind of being like okay you you coming to our aid one we're probably gonna have other people who are better at that two you're not exactly the most reliable on things like that to the best of their knowledge okay he doesn't exactly seem like a upstanding reliable person at a glance <laughs> the other option in my brain there that Egwene's kind of putting in is that it's all kind of talk and words are pointless. You can promise if you need help, I'll come running. But if you come running and they need help defending their life, they're already dead by the time you get there. You didn't help. So you really want to help be around. Okay. I like that. I'm thinking also uh, potentially it's the fact that, okay, men are so bullheaded and sure of themselves that they're going to do what they're going to do, despite what we actually want or need. But then we find a way to get them to do something useful, and then they're going to make blustery promises of how ready they will be to serve our needs in the future. Yeah. What about now? This was all about what we need. And it's just so contradictory. They can make these promises to be there for us. But when we're here asking you to be here for us and you made it so hard. Yeah. Which yeah. kind of aligns with what you were saying on that To be one. fair to Matt, he does acknowledge they're going to be Aes Sedai and one of them's going to be Queen. And let's be real, you don't need my help. I absolutely love in the Discord right now, Emmeline, who, you know, there's two in the Discord with us and there's you and I. It's three guys to one lady and Emmeline's like, 
Uh, I am not commenting on this. No comment whatsoever. <laughs> I would love her to tell us we're right or we're wrong. I, honestly, I would love you saying that we're wrong and then don't explain it. But she's just, okay, she says we're right. There we go. <laughs> Oh, good stuff. All right. Uh, See, that was worth tossing a question at you. We got we got good stuff out of that. Sure. <laughs> the chapter ends with Matt doing a little celebration jig around his room. Tickled to think that the Omerlin's own words, that letter he has now, is going to spring him free from the cage she created for him on this island. He's like, that is so sweet. Isn't that how locks usually work? They need specific keys tailored to the lock. I mean, it it's kind of it just makes sense. And he says to himself in his head, once free, neither the Omerlin nor that Celine chick will ever catch me. He's free. We jump ahead in the day a little for our next chapter, chapter 29. All right. Called A Trap to Spring. What about the trap to fall? What are our girls doing when we catch up with them, Zach? They're working, again, in the kitchens. Of course. You know, their normal all-day, everyday thing. They spend a lot of time in them kitchens. Kind of sexist, but you know, what? The women are all being forced to go down to the kitchen? <laughs> you know, the tower is full of a lot of women. I don't know. I want to see men make their own sandwiches, okay? Well, here we are with them. It's midday. They're working hard. We're reminded that this is unusual for accepted to be at tasks like this. The kitchen is typically full of actual kitchen staff and the novices who are there working because it's thought it'll build strong character, all these chores. Mm. And the kitchen work is part of those chores. Of course. But apparently it will work for accepted as well. And the cooks do not take it easy on Nynaeve, Egwene, and Elaine. Particularly Laris. The Mistress of the Kitchens. An informal title. Oh, that is so good in Discord. I love cooking shows. So when I see Gordon Ramsay pop in there, I'm like, yep. Laris's attitude with all the people she works with. All right, pop quiz dad, and it's a pretty easy one. Which show is that? Oh, goodness. That particular one? Oh, come on. This one's easy. It could be so many. No, this one's easy. Come on. Uh, Kitchen Nightmares? No, look at the background. The background doesn't help. It looks like it's a regular restaurant. That's clearly it Hell's Kitchen. It does not look like Hell's Kitchen. It clearly is. It doesn't is. look like Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, it is. No. no, that countertop is wrong for Hell's Kitchen. Totally. It was an earlier season. Oh, man. I and the guy walking behind holding a menu that does not look like Marino. Because <laughs> there's only one waitstaff the entire <laughs> place. Uh, okay, maybe it's an early season from Hell's Kitchen. Which I love that show. Kitchen Nightmares, I've not watched as much. Uh, but he's got a lot of shows. I, Gordon Ramsay has how many uh, Michelin stars, and now all he does is TV shows. Seriously, I mean, he's seems got, like he's on 15 dozen TV shows now. He's got restaurants. Oh, yeah. Very successful ones. But he's a great person to watch on reality TV. I enjoy his shows. And what he's saying right now, I believe, is one of his cleaner things. Because he's saying, get out! Yeah. But he might be saying that other thing that comes out of his mouth a lot, which I won't repeat. We're too clean a podcast for that one. 
<laughs> Discord is bringing the, bringing the memes, uh, the gifts hard. We've it's moved great. from reviewing the Dragon Reborn to reviewing <laughs> the memes that you post in our Discord. We'll do an episode entirely <laughs> based on what you give us because we have fun with but it. But we are in the kitchens, so it's appropriate. And Laris, she runs a hard kitchen. She has the title Mistress of the Kitchens. It's not an official title. It's very informal, but that's what people call her. She runs this place with an iron spoon. Okay, literally, I think it's a wooden spoon, but she walks around with this spoon and she whacks anybody who needs a whack. Anyone who's not moving fast enough, efficiently enough, including these three accepted. She does not go easy on any of them. Now we're in Nynaeve's head for this chapter. Mm -hmm. I think that's the first time in this book we have a Nynaeve POV. In this book? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. I couldn't tell you. So we get to see Nynaeve's frustration, and she hates having to put up with being bullied and put upon by Aes Sedai, but she's going to endure that because she's got to use the one power, got to learn how to access it better because of that ultimate goal to get back at Moraine. Remind us, Zach, why does she despise Moraine so much? I mean, it's, there's a couple of reasons. One, taking all the peeps from Emmons Field, more or less, and causing problems. Ruining their lives. Two, just being a general jerk to Nynaeve, in her opinion at least, calling her child, things like that, spurring her on. And three, in at least one way, she's got Nynaeve's man. Or rather, she's got Nynaeve's lan. <laughs> <laughs> So when she finally becomes Aes Sedai, she will be able to get back at Moraine for all the injustices and reasons she feels validated to give her what for. Therefore, she'll endure whatever the crap she's got to take from the Aes Sedai. But come on, being beaten and bullied by Laris, a cook? Nynaeve will walk through hell to settle her petty grudges. But dealing with Laris is nearly intolerable. She's doing it, but she hates it at there is next level. A little bit of irony that what she finds intolerable is someone walking around more or less hitting them with a stick. Oh, man. Nynaeve is one of the biggest hypocrites ever. There is no denying that. Any of you listening to this episode, Wheel of Time fans, if you disagree with that, get out. No. Stop listening. I... You have no cred with Wheel of Time. <laughs> I love Nynaeve. Oh, yeah. However, especially in these early books, I think she is going through a lot of growth. And so right now we just see the hypocritical portion. Yeah, she's not going through much of it yet. She's still being hypocrite Nynaeve, big time. She's going to have to address this, we hope, along the way. And we can't tell you if that happens or not. So, she's dealing with this frustration over Laris, and she's not the only one who definitely has some angst and frustration over Laris, because all three of the girls are definitely getting challenged. They've all felt that wooden spoon on occasion. Zachary, have you ever felt the whack of a wooden spoon? Yes and no. In that, yes, but not in the context that I think most times it would potentially imply. For example... You and mom never hit me with a wooden spoon. Yes, please clarify that. Thank that you. context <laughs> never happened. <laughs> However, I did share a kitchen and apartment-ish place 
with multiple 19, 20-year-old guys. So hitting each other with a wooden spoon occasionally? Sure. (laughs) Am I saying we got bent over and spanked with a wooden spoon? No. But I've been hit with a wooden spoon. Now we're going to that. We're not that kind of podcast content. Okay. I'll just clarify. Don't need to hear about the spanking with spoons. Thank you very much. Not safe for Wheel of Time. <laughs> well, their work in the kitchens is interrupted at this point by something they've been waiting for, hoping for, begging for. The Amerlin walks into the kitchen. Nynaeve's thinking, at last. And the Amerlin doesn't even look at them. Instead, she walks all around the kitchen like she's doing an inspection. And Laris, she's right up there at her side, all smiles. What can I do for you, Amerlin? Hey, yes, please look around. Mm-hmm. I definitely haven't and, been beating these women. Oh, no, I, I think she'd be perfectly fine saying, and look how hard they're working because I am on top of them. And if they need a paddle, they get a paddle. No, I don't but think I, she has any issue with I how she's doing that. I think there's an implied bit that Laris enjoys it a bit too much and like does it a bit too much. And she wouldn't do that while a direct supervisor is looking at her. Nynaeve might be thinking that. I'll give you that. Because we've got content coming up in this chapter that throws water on that argument. We'll see. So Nynaeve is thinking that. Anyways, the Armorland stalks about, frowning at this, staring at that, like she's not quite satisfied with what she's seeing. And, and finally, she stops in one point of the kitchen and she just stares at Laris. Oh, that's a great meme that showed up because that's the stare right there staring at person and then stares at the spits where the food meat is you know rotating over the fire and then stares back at her and everywhere she has glared the staff that are working in the kitchen have you know quivered and worked harder and really buckled down and all through that laris is just smiling along because yes see my kitchen see what's happening but then when the glare turns on laris at first she smiles then she stops smiling. Then she starts quivering and hops too over where those spits maybe aren't working as fast as they should because the hammerling keeps glaring over there and she actually starts turning the meat herself. So the Amerlin has accomplished a goal. What was she trying to do? Well, she was trying to get rid of Laris. <laughs> and it worked. Yes, now that Laris is not shadowing her everywhere, she continues to move around the kitchen a little and positions herself close to our three girls. Not right by them, and not looking at them. She's still staring around other spots of the kitchen imperiously, with her back to the girls, but close enough that she could hear them, they could hear her. And as she's standing there... Suddenly, she turns and gives Elaine a tongue lashing for inappropriate language. Uh, what? what? Elaine hadn't said anything. I didn't say nothing. Now, Nynaeve, for once, smart cookie, she realizes what's going on here, but Egwene, she doesn't get it. And she instantly speaks up to defend her girl, Elaine. She didn't say anything and gets her own tongue lashing then. And mm-hmm. the Amarlin, she calls Laris over here. You have these two girls impudent. Deal with these girls. Is this what we have to put up with in the kitchen? And Laris, she doesn't grab them by the ears, but pretty much she's grabbing them by the ears and dragging them out of the kitchen for punishment. So what just happened there, Zach? Well, she simultaneously made it look like she has more issue and ire with these girls while also sending Laris out to take them out and quote unquote deal with them. 
But what that means is Laris won't be anywhere within the kitchen at all. The attention will be more on what just happened with that and not what's potentially mm. happening between the Amarlin and Nynaeve here and now. Right. Now alone, the Amarlin speaks to Nynaeve, although without looking at her, trying to barely move her lips. She's flying under the radar. She's still staring around the kitchen. She acknowledges she hadn't meant Egwene to get caught up in that, but fool girl wouldn't keep her mouth shut. So maybe this will be a lesson and <laughs> she'll control her mouth better the next time. She was trying to get Elaine out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Why? Because she didn't know and had even explicitly told Egwene and Nynaeve to keep Elaine out of it. That's right. Elaine could maybe later become part of their task of hunting Black Aja, but not at first because we got to, you know, smooth things down between Camelin, Queen Morghese, and the tower. So this was just, she needed to talk to these two. I'm going to get Elaine out of the picture. But, okay, now we just have Nynaeve. So Nynaeve, also, you know, still working away. We're, we're preserving the sup- subterfuge. Subterfuge. How do sub- I say that word? Subterfuge. Subterfuge. You Anyways. Say, you say the B in that one. But not like subterfuge. Yeah. Like, you don't <laughs> have to look this You word don't up. overpronounce it, but yeah. I mean, I know the word. I write the word. Emmeline used the word not too long ago in Discord, but I'm like... I'm thinking too hard. How do I pronounce that? Don't emphasize the sub. <laughs> but yeah, it's subterfuge. Giordo <laughs> says the B is subtle. Not like in subtle, though. <laughs> it's invisible. <laughs> That's hilarious. He's subtle when talking about subterfuge. <laughs> oh. And I bet he didn't even think of that. <laughs> nah, I, I'm giving you credit. It's fully oh, intentional. Oh, he did, he says. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Nynaeve's like, why weren't you here sooner? Uh, we were really expecting to see you sooner. And the Amarlin points out, I can't connect with you too often. It would raise suspicion. In fact, I had planned to bring you up to my room on false pretenses after the midday chores, but something's happened and it's urgent, so I'm here sooner now. I want to throw in here an ad here that the Amarlin just kind of like goes with this and says, well, I can't, it would be too obvious. But, like, she totally could have just gone, listen, it's been, like, three days. That's not that long. That, that is not <laughs> exactly. that long. Yeah. Now, what has happened that has prompted her to come now, though? She says, okay, um, we found another gray man. A woman this time, actually. They never say gray woman. The term is a gray man. But this was a female gray man. And this one was already dead. And they found it right in the middle of Sheriam's bed. Oh, lovely. Without a mark on her, just dead, laying in Sheriam's bed. Heart attack? Sheriam found her, reported it. Nynaeve takes this moment then to share their suspicions of Sheriam. You know, maybe she didn't just find a gray man in her bed? You think she put it there? <gasps> she doesn't say that out loud, but you know that's what she's thinking. Yeah. As well as they have suspicions about Elida and Alana that they talked about. So here's the time. She can share that with the Amarlin. And Swan doesn't think there is anything to Alana. And we get something here. She says it just goes to her background as Arafelin. Their sense of honor and debts. Can you share anything with us here about an Arafelin? Why that would... Can you say that country? That what? That nationality again? You say Arafelin? Arafelin, totally. Nah, I'm, I'm an Arafelin. 
It's Arafel. It's not Arafel. I'm I'm sticking with Arafel. Like I know I'm probably wrong. But okay, you know. You, yeah, you you can stick with I'm, being wrong. That's I want to. So I'm curious. Arafel. What is right? Because <laughs> I don't trust you. <laughs> Anyways, why would they have? Why would she have a strong sense of honor and debt if she's from Arafel Arafel? Oh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that not a borderland nation? It is a borderland nation. That's Which, right. As far as so, we know, duty and honor, those are very prominent things within all of the borderland nations. I can see you snickering. <laughs> you said the word. I did. See if you uh, had matured at all, and you hadn't. <laughs> nope. At this age, I am not maturing any further than I already am. Sorry, my friend. <laughs> so we've had experience with Shinar. And they certainly had a, a sense of duty, honor, all those stuff. So Arafel's another one. Can you name the other borderland nations? Not counting Malkir, which of course is no more at the moment. Saldea. What? Saldea. A Saldea, sorry. Our bad connection. The S didn't come through. It's okay. like Aldea. Um, Aldea. You know, Saldea. Okay. Candor? Candor, that's correct. This would be so much easier if I could read the map behind you, but it's way too small. <laughs> well, Arafel. We, that's one that we already mentioned, so I'm not mentioning that one or Shinar, because both of those we already established. But there's like seven? And I, there's only one more? There's only five? There's only five. Why am I... What, whatever, where am I getting the seven from? I don't know. Are the towers of Malkier, are those seven towers? Jordo's saying it might be four Although plus Melkier. I think we might be wrong. There's only four. There's so only four plus I Malkier. had named the ones yeah. that we were missing. You cool. had named them. I got up and looked at the map, and I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah, there are See, only four plus I started Malkier. thinking of other names, and I'm like, there's one that starts with a J, and then go, no, that goes back to, like, history, the Ten Nations or something. And I'm like, yeah. that doesn't match. <laughs> All right, so it's it's her sense of being a borderlander. She does act a little different than what everybody else is like. So that's that's where we're getting. That's what uh, the Amarlin is implying. All right. So the Amarlin agrees. Okay. You've got suspicions anyways. I can keep an eye on Alana. That's fine. Now, have you found anything actually useful? Now, that's kind of a dig. You know, they've been working with these suspicions and stuff, and you're just yeah. kind of throwing shade on what I shared? They've been working their butts off, but... I mean, truthfully, for the most part, most of what they've found is not actionable intel. They found a lot of suspicion and paranoia, and all of that could have just been found by going, I trust no one, and done. Mm. Nynaeve feels a bit tweaked by the comment, though. So she tweaks back about the Amerlin's use of Else Grinwell for sending a message. Are you kidding me? And then she shares all that they learned from searching the things they were told to look at, those 13 bags from the 13 sisters, the stuff that had been left behind. Now, she leaves Elaine out of all of this, allowing it to sound like it was Nynaeve and Egwene who did all the searching. Mm -hmm. And in sharing information, Nynaeve also leaves out mention of that dream Terangrial that Egwene got from Varen and what Egwene did in going into Teleramriad. We just won't mention any of that. Now, does she in this moment say anything about Tyr? Yes. Yes, she does. She's telling them what the stuff in the bags gave them impressions of. So yes, she does tell all the useful information, just not the how. Right. 
And of course, the reason behind her holding some things back is Nynaeve does not trust Swan totally. She's got her slight suspicions about even the Amerlin. You know, that they looked at these bags. Why didn't she tell her mm-hmm. there were things about Tyr? I mean, some obvious things. It's kind of weird. And, and even the fact there were 13 mm-hmm. sisters and that they can, you know, do something nasty to you when there's 13 of them. Well, Why didn't she tell us these things? Yeah, so she's got suspicions. Eventually finishes. And there's a nice pregnant pause like you like to do when you're trying to give dramatic effect or emphasize something. <laughs> and then the Amarlin goes on and shares some very important information. One, she never sent them a message. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, two, all the stuff that got left, anything that had been left behind by the sisters that ran, it was searched. And then it was burned. Those bags gathered and stored... That didn't exist. There were no bags. And three, Elsa Grinwell, she washed out of the tower 10 days ago. There's no way you saw Elsa Grinwell just recently. None. There's no way Hmm. Matt did either. Correct. So that's problematic. Yeah, it's humorous to note why Elsa Grinwell washed out. The Elsa Grinwell we saw, remember, did not fit to form. Matt particularly noticed mm-hmm. that she didn't seem to have the same kind of personality and interactions that she'd had before. The real S. Grinwell wa- washed out because all she was doing was gawking at warders all day instead of actually applying herself to training. It's like, yes, that's the else we know. <laughs> so this reinforces that the whole deal with else and the bags of stuff, it was a trap. And in fact, a taunt from the Black Aja. And both Nynaeve and Swan, they recognize this. This is a trap. You're being mm-hmm. encouraged to follow them to Tyr. This is the cheese. The trap will snap shut in Tyr. The Amarlin asks, do you mean to fall into this one too? What does she mean by that, Zach? Well, last time someone came by and said, hey, you need to go to a place. They may have, you know, followed Leandrin through the ways all the way out to Falma. And then Egwene ended up collared by the Shan Chan for like a month or two or... Yeah. It did not go well. Yeah. Nynaeve repeats what she and the girls have already discussed and what Nynaeve told them. The best way to catch those setting a trap is to spring it and watch for them to show up to see the results. But it doesn't sound like such a good argument when she lays it out to the Amerlin. And she points out, yeah, yeah I mean, there's potential for being caught up in the trap. Nynaeve knows it, but the Amarlin's like, you know, what happens if you get caught? This could be very bad for you. All right, so they've acknowledged this is probably a trap. Nah, this has got to be a trap. You plan to go after them anyways. (sighs) The Amarlin says, all right, I'll leave some gold in your room for the journey. And I'll let it be whispered that you've been sent out to a farm to hoe cabbages. I'll give a cover story, basically. I want an Omerlin to fund my random adventures that might be bad ideas. Yes, please. <laughs> now, hilariously at this point, the Omerlin asks if Elaine will be going with them. Just casually. And what she's pointing out is, I know Elaine's been part of this with you all along. And Nynaeve's like, are you kidding me? I've been having to do all this work to pretend it was just me and Egwene. Uh, and, and you knew? Well, yeah, Why are I'm you making dumb. me sweat like that? The Omerlin says, well, there was good reason. I officially told you not to include her. 
the fact that you chose to include her, I mean, that's on you. I can speak with a clear conscience to Queen Morgay's that well, I have not let's go actively further. involved Elaine in any other activities or plots. Yes, she's gone. I don't know. I did not send her anywhere. You know, she's created cover for herself. We do need to go a step further here. It's not just a clear conscience that she's accounting for. She's beholden unto an oath The three oaths. That keeps her from telling a direct lie. That's right. So she needs that plausible deniability. She can speak bold-faced. I did not send Elaine anywhere. I did not involve her in any plots. She can say that because she didn't. It's a pain, but it works. But she's telling Nynaeve now, but hey, I told you I had the two of you. I'd take 100 if I could. So you're telling me I have three now? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's all good with her. She's condoning it without authorizing it. Now we jump to a question from Nynaeve. Yes. See, the Amerlin does that thing you should never do. She says, have you anything more to tell me or to ask? Just this open-ended question. And Nynaeve drops a simple and sweet question into that void. What is Kalendor, mother? Now this catches the Amerlin totally off guard. Yeah. This question out of the blue. She half turns to Nynaeve before catching herself. Oh, I'm not supposed to be looking at you. That's right. We're not really having a conversation. And what she does share then, we get some information, a little info dump. One, we learn the Black Aja cannot be allowed to have Kalendor. Okay, sounds good. At the same time, they can't possibly take it. There's no way they can take it. Okay, that sounds good too. I like that part. Yeah. We learn that most Aes Sedai have no idea what Kalendor is. Nor do many people anywhere. I don't know if that's a good or a bad part, but that's okay. People in general don't even know this is a thing. The High Lords of Tyr, they know about Kalendor, but yes. they don't speak of it. They The only time they you know, have to speak about it is when a new High Lord is raised. When someone new has got to get in the know. That's right. What it is, is a Sa'angrial, and only two more powerful ones have ever been made. Now, for the record, we've already learned of the other two, but we're spoiler light. We are not going to clarify for you. You might remember from other things we've talked about, specifically back in The Great Hunt, but we're going to leave you hanging. You'll have to do your own research. We learned that you could level a city with Kalendor. It has that kind of power that you could draw. Impressive. And the Omerlin finally says, if you three... Girls die to keep that out of the hands of the Black Aja, it would be deaths well spent. Morbid, Ooh. but okay. Ah. The Amerlin confirms Nynaeve's understanding that only the Dragon Reborn can touch Kalendor. But she reveals the High Lords have nearly as many Terangrial stored in the Stone of Tear as the White Tower had. The Black Sisters might not be actually after Kalendor. They might be after some of those Terangrial, just like they stole some from the White Tower. Hmm. Now, Nynaeve is shocked to learn there's all these items of, that access the One Power stored in the stone because everyone knows the High Lords of Tyr hate the One Power. And Swan confirms that. Yes, that's true. In fact, the moment a Tyran girl demonstrates the ability to channel, they ship her off to Tarvalon so fast she barely has time to say goodbye to her family. Hmm. And she seems a little bitter over that yeah i wonder how swan would know that Hmm, but the theory she expresses is that since tear is stuck with kalendor 
Okay. They've gone on to collect as many other items of the power as they can and surround it with all these other things uh, kind of to diffuse it, diminish its value. It's not this one big thing in tier. Now it's one of many things yeah, we that don't, are kept in the Stone of Tear. We don't have an atom bomb. We have an entire armory of hand grenades that happens to also have a singular atom bomb. <laughs> That's right. Regardless of their attempts, they cannot ignore that Kalendor exists in the heart of the stone. Because the heart of the stone actually is part of some routine ritual habits and rituals that take place every year in Tyr. When a new High Lord is raised, the ceremony for it is right there in the heart of the stone, right there where Kalendor is. But also there's four times a year they go into this heart of the stone to do some ritual stuff. So they have to keep going back. It's tradition. They keep going back to where tradition. this is. They don't talk about Kalendor. They pretend it's not there, but they know it's there and they have to deal with it. That big glowing elephant that they just try to avoid. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Kalendor is an elephant in the middle of the room. Oh my goodness. There's never been a bigger elephant in the middle of the room than Kalendor. That is well done. Well, an actual elephant would probably be bigger, but... Or, uh, uh, no, spoiler light. I can't mention it now. <laughs> okay, so where are we going with this? Well, the High Lords do have a way they spin for themselves why Kalendor rests in the heart of the stone. It's a rationalization for... Absolutely. What is it? What is the story, the company story, the party line that they tell themselves, Zach? Well, they they sell it to themselves that they have Kalendor so that they can keep it safe and secure away from the world and specifically away from the Dragon Reborn. Because the Dragon Reborn holding Kalendor would be a sign that we're going towards end of days, final battle, Tarm and Gaiden, all that stuff. But if they never get it, then that can never happen. So we're just saving the world. Right. Of course, those same prophecies also talk about the Stone of Tear will fall one day due to the Dragon Reborn. Yeah, it doesn't say if. It will. And the Stone of Tear has never fallen to anyone. Yeah, that has to drive them nuts. Despite everything they're going to do, one day it's going to fall. And as this conversation comes to a close, Nynaeve's thoughts shift to how... Everything seems to come back to Rand. Again and again, the friggin' dragon reborn. We cannot escape this. Even though he's somewhere well, totally different, we're here doing our thing, everything rotates around him. It is the name of the book. <laughs> she doesn't know that! She's gotta use her meta-knowledge, you know? <laughs> there is no fourth wall breakage in this book. None! Well, maybe not in this book. <laughs> the... That's but spoiler we're spoiler light. light. We won't tell you if there will be. <laughs> <laughs> now I just feel mean. <laughs> okay, the Omerlin acknowledges now she needs to fix this tizzy she's created in the kitchen. This excuse she had to talk with what she hoped was Nynaeve and Egwene, but turned out only to be Nynaeve. Because Loris really does do a fine job running things here in the kitchens. And Nynaeve, she sniffs dismissively. Now, I have more to say about that. Before I do, though, I want to talk about sniffing. Oh, no. Okay, this is I, a thing I in know, the Wheel of Time. Yeah, and I know what you're going to. Well, I want to know your thoughts. What do they mean when a woman sniffs? Is I... this a, a, a out-breath or an in-breath of sniff? 
I think it is an overcomplication and overthinking to us. Also, <laughs> however, a hasty generalization to assume that it is a particular singular thing rather than it is a reaction that involves transferring of air one way or another. So it could be either. I don't think it needs to be. I think it can probably be uh, either. I don't think we need to care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I only mention it because I really didn't care either. But in the Watt fandom, there is arguments. Drop down, drag out arguments about which kind of sniffing this is. And I, I yeah, I never cared when I was reading it. I know, but I just like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not interested in what direction someone sniffs <laughs> okay so she sniffs but she does more than sniff she drops a disparaging comment about laris again we have it on record earlier in the chapter how little she thinks of this woman and her spoon and the armalin comes back with a sarcastic comment about nynaeve's obvious skill as a judge of character she points out yeah, Laris has already been to Sherium, the mistress of novices, the one who's responsible for punishments. She wants to know, when is this going to stop? That the girls have to be assigned the dirtiest of chores in the kitchen, that she has to be so brutal on them. It's not right. Basically, she's gone to bat for them already, and it's only been a few days. Mm-hmm. Nynaeve has misjudged this woman. Now, at this point, this... I mean, she's still beating them. Yes, because she's been assigned to do it, basically. Okay, but there are plenty Not that of, she wants to. There are plenty of times that we talk about people getting assigned a job or something, and it's not right, and they're not excused just because they were doing what they were told. But what she's been assigned to do is not crossing a line of, you know, that this is something that's... Uh, what's the word I want to use? A humanitarian issue that she... No, this is just discipline of the tower. I mean, she thinks it's excessive. This is appropriate in their setting. She she clearly thinks it's excessive as she's gone and asked, when will this stop? When can this be over? Right. This isn't right. There's a time and a place when punishments like this might be acceptable, but these are accepted. This is an extreme circumstance. And she's like, I don't like this. I don't like having to do this to the extreme. You're making me do it. This should stop. I'm, I'm on record here. This is over the line. We need to cut it out. I still don't think that necessarily excuses her entirely of the blame of doing it, though. Not entirely. I will agree. Uh, disagree a little bit She can still be a good there. person. She's just like, you know, you're still doing it. <laughs> still doing it. Okay, at that point, Laris returns to the kitchens. And the Omerlin, she fixes this by singing her praises, talking about how excellent everything is in here in the kitchens as she's done her inspection. And in fact, Laris, you should be officially mistress of the kitchens, I think. I might make that title something official. And Laris is practically floating off the ground. She's beaming. She lives for this kind of praise. And as the Amerlin leaves the kitchen, she's just smiling ear to ear. And she turns then and looks at the women who are all working, except none of them are working. They're all stopping, watching this whole thing going on. And when she realizes no one's working, she changes to a glare, a frown, and instantly everybody doubles down, including Nynaeve. Get back to work! However, Nynaeve 
keeps smiling at Laris, mostly out of guilt. <laughs> She's like, I, uh, I uh, harshly misjudged her and I will smile now, even though I really still don't like this woman. I will smile. Hey, that moment right there, you just said earlier in this chapter that we're going to have to wait a while for growth out of Nynaeve. We just saw some. I guess. She owned that she had erred. And she's going to try to fix it. But I, I picture Nynaeve smiling at this point, And it's like a grimace. It's not a smile. She's got this very awkward, uncomfortable looking grin. Which I think is backed up by the fact that Laris keeps frowning at her. Because that smile's not working for her. <laughs> Egwene and Elaine, they return to the kitchens then. They hop to their tasks by Nynaeve, and they complain about the taste of soap. What may have happened there, Zach? Well, I mean, they were getting (laughs) chewed out for speaking improperly and with, like, horrible language and talking back and all that. So, um, they probably got the classic wash your mouth out with soap. Yeah. Also, fun fact, Yeah. maybe don't do that. Not necessarily the best for you. Well, it uh, depends on the soap. Cleans out your mouth. No, body and hand soaps shouldn't go in your mouth. Yeah, that's another one you didn't have to endure being raised in this household. No, not not particularly. You know not what you missed. I got the spoon. I uh, got the soap in the know, mouth. I got these things. I'm okay not getting either of those. <laughs> I'm okay with you one day with your own children not feeling like you missed out and need to flashback. Nope. Yeah, no, I I don't have any intention myself to do any of those, but I digress. Nynaeve brings the girls up to speed on all she learned from the Amarlin, and the chapter ends with the acknowledgement they are leaving as soon as these current chores are wrapped up. And hopefully we're not walking into a trap we can't get out of. Hmm. Wonder how that'll go. And with that, we uh, end our normal little bit of content here on those two chapters. If you like this, feel free. Talk about it where you will. Be that in person. Share it with a friend, a neighbor, a family. Uh, If someone you know would be interested, point them in our direction. But even if you don't have anyone in your life that you think would be interested, feel free to leave a rating and a review wherever you listen to our podcast. We treasure seeing feedback and new ratings. We haven't had a rating for a while. We still have just a bunch of five stars, which is great, but we'd like a few more. So do your part. Jump on in. Tell us what you think. You can also communicate directly with feedback about anything you've heard on the podcast. We've got an email, fantasyfortheages at gmail.com. We also are on the usual social medias of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Twitter is the one we check the most. If you look for Fantasy for the Ages on any of those, you'll find us. But I've got links to all of these sorts of things down in the show notes of this episode. So you can find it there, too. What else can they do to communicate with us, Zach? I'm going to need you to keep going because I definitely spaced out looking at our Discord. (laughs) Well, that's what (laughs) I was going to next. Discord! You've heard us interacting with our friends on Mm -hmm. Discord all through this episode. It's such a fun place that I get lost in it and forget to uh, talk about our... (laughs) podcast it's a trap as it says right there yeah you get sucked in we have conversations all the time not just during live recordings but all sorts of different uh types of fantasy different series random humor talking about current events whatever so come and join us on discord 
An invite link is in our show notes. You can't just find us on Discord. You have to be invited. But every one of our episodes, the show notes has an invitation. So jump on in and come see us. We're, we're nice people. Even better, we're surrounded by a whole bunch of other nice people. So we hope to see you on Discord. What? If you are inspired... Now keep going. What keep was going. that, Zach? Keep going. You're on a roll. <laughs> if you're inspired to want to support the podcast, there are two simple ways you can do that. Ways that help offset our costs for operating a podcast and just give us an attaboy for doing what we do. One is buy some of our merch. Mm-hmm. We have a merch shop. Just a couple of things on there right now. You can get a frosty mug or some coffee mugs with Fantasy for the Ages branding. And anything you buy there, a little bit of it comes back mm-hmm. to support the show. More significantly, we have a Patreon. Uh, you can go to our Patreon page, Fantasy for the Ages, look for it, or use the link in our show notes and become a patron of this podcast. That opens up benefits to you, like being one of these people who can be part of our live recordings, but other things like patron-only episodes. Like we've got one, one of those rec- coming out this Wednesday. Exactly. And uh, various tiers that include various different things that you benefit from by choosing to financially support the show. Note, this it is not a trap. Really cheap. It's not that kind of tier. It's not a trap. That's right. All right. I think that's all we have in our regular stuff to share here. We're going to move on to the spoiler room in just a moment. So at this point, we would want to invite any first-time listeners to stop listening so we don't ruin it for you. Goodbye, Emmeline. She's jumping out of our live recording now. And all let's... All right. For everyone else, we wish you farewell. We'll talk to you next time. The spoiler room. So this is my D20 this Just, time. I'll be using this. I and I'm don't know using if you the can tell. Big honking like, one again. But it's pretty. Yeah. I have to specifically say what I'm using because I may have you like have so 35 different ones I could choose. <laughs> so we're going to roll to see who gets to spoil first. Again, in this format, each of us gets to pick one thing referenced in this episode that we're going to full spoil. We can talk about what its relevance is to the rest of the series. So I'm rolling. Go ahead and roll, Zach. Here we go. I have a 12. You have a 1? I got a natty 1. Oh, he seriously, he had this reaction, and I'm like, oh, he he got a (laughs) 1. I wish those were less common than they are. Yeah. Put that one away and never use it again. (laughs) Although it's so nice. To dice jail it goes. (laughs) All right. So for mine, I want to talk about Sherium and the Gray Man. We've already, in a previous full spoiler, referenced the fact that Sherium is Black Aja. Nobody knows it yet, but she is. Mm -hmm. We had suspicions of her before when she was the first one to come upon them when they were attacked by a gray man. Mm -hmm. But now this other gray man shows up dead in her bed. Now, I'm shocked that nobody else at the time in the books thought this was more suspicious than they did. To me, it was a very clear godfather moment. Like, horse head in the bed and that's how some people must take it this is a a threat to you but that doesn't mean well, that it was a threat to a good person exactly sherium had failed to do what she was supposed to be doing under her orders as black aja she had been ineffective and this was a warning it's like the horse head that's a very good comparison and so 
Sherium, what does she do about that? Well, she's going to continue to try to be very, very diligent as Black Aja, but Sherium is one of the least effective Black Aja we have in this whole series. She Sometimes. got into it because, you know, she wanted power. And I swear she was one of those people who never thought it would ever come to anything other than being a cliquish club where we do some things that are bad once in a while to advance ourselves. But, yeah, she got more than she wished. And uh, it goes very badly. And in the end, well, in the end, there's no Sharia. <laughs> it does all come out in the end. But seriously, they should have realized there was more to this. Oh, look. A gray man showed up in my in my bed. This should have been this huge, huge warning light. And the fact that they don't catch it just blows my mind. All right. So I'm not going to let you go off the hook quite that easily. Who and how okay. did that gray man end up there? Because um, I don't think we ever get a f- no. confirmed full spoiler on that. But I'm asking you to postulate theorize i'm not sure if it's shamiel or messiana who puts that in her bed one of the forsaken does mm-hmm. messiana is the one who's already in the tower with them but alzaman though is the one who initiated the dark the black aja and at this point i think is still a little hands-on with them i'm not sure messiana is quite the one running things yet the timeline's a little little hinky there mm-hmm. I think Messiana may not come in until after this book. There's definitely I've I'm not sure. I heard out there and I don't remember if this is actually book true or not, but I've heard out there people speculate that Slayer did this. And if the book doesn't confirm that cuz I don't remember mm. if it does or doesn't, I don't like that. Because this is one of the times we see someone killed without a mark on their body, and to me that says the power did it. Actually, though, that rings a bell. That does ring a bell that there's something. And that speaks to one of the, the challenges with the Wheel of Time. There are There's so much to it. There's so many little details and little nuances that, yeah, I could have totally forgotten that there is a time where it's mentioned that Slayer did something like that. On orders from someone else. I know he's he does things like that, but I don't know if this one was one that was. I don't remember in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. Jordo is saying, hey, you know, might need to consult the companion. Well, I do have the companion, so I, I could pull that out. <laughs> and I'm not sure which thing I'd look it up, if it was in under Slayer or not. But I, I can definitely look that up. While I do a little looking, why don't you uh, tell us what you're going to spoil, Zach? Sure. Uh, mine's going to be a short-term spoil here. It's actually going to pay off within this book. Uh, though it does have implement implications that go beyond this as well. We saw in this chapter Matt giving his grandiose promise, if you ever need anything, I'll be there. And they all kind of laughed him off. But the things that in these two chapters got set up are basically the women go down to tear, they spring a trap, they successfully get trapped in a trap, and Matt does show up to get them out of it and help them. Yes. And could he do it all on his own? No. Could they have gotten out on their own? Probably not entirely. But it very clearly is just like a, he said he'd be there, and you didn't ask, but he was there. And there are other times, too, where they don't exactly ask, but he is there. And so it pays off that when Matt says, nah, nah, I'll be there for you, he actually will. You find anything? Yeah. 
Well, I'm looking at the article for Slayer now, and it's got information about how he, you know, becomes who he is and all that. But I'd probably have to dig a bit to see. That article on Slayer specifically did not speak to the Gray Man. Well, we'll keep looking. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa. He maybe found it? Or found that not it? It says that he he is the one who killed the Gray Man who had failed to kill Egwene. Yes, the one with the knife that was there. Right. Not the one that ends up in her bed later. So, did he kill the one who ends up in Sherio's bed? Ah. Uh? Maybe? Companion doesn't say anything about that one. But he was clearly around. He was involved in some way. Anyway. All right. I think we have spoiled enough then. Everyone listening should feel very spoiled. <laughs> there you go. Anything else you want to talk about then today? I'm all right for today. All right. Then this is where we'll wrap it up. Thanks for being with us, everyone. Hope you enjoyed our episode. And we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.